Hello and welcome to the People Around Town Community Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Michael Cropper, and I'm really happy to bring you this podcast. My purpose is to connect with people from all backgrounds and let them share a little of their story. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has life worth living. And we can all create more joy in our lives. I want to hear other stories so we can learn from each other. If you are interested in sharing about yourself, please go to peoplearoundtown.com and send me a message. Now this fourth episode is with Stacy. I ran into her after climbing to the top of Half Dome in Yosemite National Park. It was such a privilege to share this experience with Stacy, talking about life in such an inspirational place. Here you go. All right, I'm here with Stacy. Stacy, tell me about where we are. We are on the top of Half Dome with a spectacular view of Yosemite Valley and the whole uh, cathedral range and everything 360 degrees around. It's amazing. It is amazing. What was your experience coming up here? I'm afraid of heights, so I actually clipped in. I wore a climbing harness and roped in. Um, coming up so I was going very slow and it was super easy I'm a little afraid of going back down not the cables but the subdome oh really because it's more exposed okay and I can't clip into anything (laughs) so you clipped out after every rod and back in yes okay I have a Y lanyard and I unclipped one clipped the next okay proceeded slowly but surely yeah what a good way to do it for somebody who's afraid of heights i would not have come up here yeah otherwise good so um so so where are you from oh uh i grew up moving around a lot i call california my home but i've lived a lot of different places yeah okay i um right now i'm in the bay area cool san francisco cool and do you come up here often Yosemite? I come to the Sierras as often as I can. Um, I actually try and do at least one backpacking trip a month as much as I can year-round. I'm always, um, it's limited by finding partners. I used to get, do a lot of solo backpacking until I screwed up my back oh, at one point. Okay. And that... Like while you were backcountry? Uh, no. Okay, actually, good. <laughs> I have screwed it up backcountry. I have actually had a backpacking partner have to give me a piggyback ride to the nearest flat spot oh, and lay there for three days before oh, I could no. move again. Yeah. Um, it's no fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty cautious about um, being outdoors solo. Uh-huh. Um, but for something like this, I'll do it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I used to do a lot when I was in my 20s and okay. early 30s. That's really brave. I've done a little bit. I There's a different experience by going solo. You know? There is. There is. Different kind of connection with yourself. and. I actually miss it a little bit. Okay. I, I, but you got I, out this, this time. Trip, <laughs> this trip was solo. Um, and that's why I can say I miss it a little because I don't. you don't have to go anybody else's pace. You can uh-huh. kind of go exploring and yeah. Yeah. that other people might not be willing to go. Right. And when you're with someone, you're worrying about what they want to do and, like, you know, less prone to explore maybe. 
that's my experience. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was cool to meet you. We actually met in line, you know, waiting for our wilderness permits. <laughs> you got there, what, 6 a.m.? Yes. We got there, like, 6.40, maybe, 6.30. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So one question I, I love to ask people is, um, what brings you joy in your life? Well, this is pretty much it. This is this it. Is, I mean, this is this isn't it. it right, right. This is a huge portion of what brings me joy. I mentioned I threw my back out, not just threw my back out, but I screwed it up, um, and I couldn't actually, I couldn't sit for more than like twenty minutes at a time. I couldn't carry a pack. I couldn't do anything for a couple of years, and um, and it just it wrecked havoc with my sense of identity, like to not be able to come and do this, stuff. And do this kind of thing. Um, and thankfully I found somebody who was able to figure out a way to make it better. Up your back? <laughs> yeah. How did that work? Uh, I tried a bunch of different things, including there was a chiropractor that I had tried and she, she would help for a couple of days, but then it would always the pain would come back and I finally decided to try the Rolfer who is right next door okay. to her. And it turns out he works with all these like high end cyclists in Sonoma County. And okay. he was amazing and completely helped me heal my back. Wow. Um and realign my skeleton and Oh great. Yes. yes. Rolfing. Rolfing. Do you yes. still get it done, or was it like no? It's a it ten, was enough. It's a ten session. It's a osteopathic uh, pr- process. Yeah. Um, you can look up Ida Rolf was the woman who originally developed it, and uh-huh. she's an osteopath. And her whole thing was if you free up the musculature, the spine straightens itself out, uh-huh. and then you relearn how to hold your okay. alignment. And it worked for you. It worked for me. And Western That's medicine awesome. did not. Yeah. So it was great. I love hearing stories about like, you know, just even physical ailments that people have gone through, searched for solutions and eventually found them. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not easy to find them, but I think eventually we search and we search and, you know, hopefully we, eventually we find it if we keep on looking. Hopefully. Um, yeah. That's awesome that you did. Not everyone has that luck, but right. yeah. It, it right. definitely made me appreciate um, being able to do what I can do. And yeah. So I try and do as much of it as I can. Awesome. So outside of being in the Sierra Nevadas, anything else bring you joy? <laughs> uh, people. Connections to people. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's the other primary thing in my life. It's I just... Could... I can see that even just in line, like it was just awesome. We had just such a good vibe, like just so happy to just connect with the people there in line. Yeah. That is a special time. Like every time I'm in line for a wilderness permit, I always love the people (laughs) I'm in line with. (laughs) I think it's the awesomest people. They're willing to be there at 6 a.m., get in line. Absolutely. (laughs) For the sake of bacon back in the the wilderness. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, the other thing that, has brought me joy, which I don't think I'm going to be doing anymore. I've actually worked in Antarctica for a while. Oh, wow. And talk about amazing landscapes. That was that was one of the pinnacles of just spectacular outdoors. Um, 
in my entire life. And, and it's one of those things that you can't really do into at, into your old age the way you can do yeah go into can't the continually do that so um but it was what did you do up there finding experience um <laughs> the tongue-in-cheek answer that i give people is that i uh trained scientists to drive large track vehicles okay <laughs> i imagine that has its own set of challenges in the antarctica <laughs> yeah in the antarctic <laughs> but um yeah, I did several seasons where we uh, we basically provided the scientists with all of the mechanical equipment that they needed for their field seasons. Was there a lot of people doing ice coring? And there were people ice coring. Um, those were generally a separate. They weren't working out of any of the stations, um, so that was like a deep field yeah. kind of situation. And I did one. My last season there was a deep field season, okay. and. Uh, we were out on the Beardmore Glacier and the Moody Glaciers, and we were supporting helicopter operations going out further afield for the geologists who were doing work in the area. Awesome. So that was pretty cool. Too. Did you get to take helicopters very often? Sometimes. Sometimes. Not very often. I was not a helicopter tech or anything okay. like that. Okay. Did you enjoy the helicopter rides? Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. If I could, if I could fly one, I would. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I've I never gotten my license for that. <laughs> okay, I have anyway. That's cool. <laughs> but flying, flying small aircraft is is fun. Can you have you done that? I Fly, yeah, flown small aircraft. Oh wow! Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, got my license right before I screwed up my back, and then I couldn't I couldn't fly because okay. I couldn't sit for long enough. Right. <laughs> so you can now. I have, yeah, I can, but I have not gone back to refresh it because it took so long in between. Uh Is there a, I mean, you already mentioned one thing very difficult that you went through, your whole back um, problems. Is there anything else like difficult that you've gone through in your life that's brought you to where you are now? Um, yes, for me. So I must, I must say it's a little tricky answering that question because I feel very blessed to have had a fairly luxurious North American life. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, we're pretty privileged. Um, but I, I lost my father, uh, who was very close to me and, uh, going through the process of losing a parent in a way he died of cancer. Yeah. And, uh, sorry. It was not easy and, uh, it's not movie, you know, restful, peaceful passing kind of thing. And I guess that also has led to, um, kind of a, an acknowledgement that life is short. I've always kind of lived with life is short mentality, but, um, more so it's, you know, bad things happen to good people. He was a very good person and he suffered tremendously at the end. And to me, watching that was kind of a, an extra loss of innocence, if you will. Um, because I just feel that people shouldn't have to go through something like that. Um, for something that should be relatively quote unquote easy, you know? (laughs) So anyway, that was, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I know it's like that, 
<laughs> that uh, like does a lot for my heart to hear that. Reminds me like the frailty of life. Yeah. And um, so I really like death is something that we kind of need to talk about more. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I. That's the other thing is we don't talk about it at all right. practically. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just kind of like skirt under the rug when it happens, like in in the society and culture that I'm kind of raised in. It's just like, oh, we don't don't deal with it. And I guess we all have our different pockets of culture, but I think in in North America in general, that's kind of we kind of don't deal with it. Yeah. So. And there's all sorts of interesting things that other cultures do, like right. rituals and things like right. that that we don't do. And and I think there's a place for having rituals surrounding major life. Um, events. Yeah. What kind of rituals would you put in place? <laughs> uh, keening. Keening. What is that? Oh, it's um, certain cultures. They they actually will sometimes they'll hire um, women who will follow a, a procession and like just keen wail. Okay. Wailing. And, yeah. And just that feeling of feeling and seeing that emotional outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Having having that expression of just the, the the depth of the loss so i think it's interesting that people are hired to do it right. <laughs> but but still i think there's there's so many um it's a visceral experience almost yeah. you know that level of emotive uh anguish yeah if you will. right so i had one person in my life pass away at an early age and um, I remember one time at one point during the whole funeral part of me just like broke and it all just came out but I I had about five minutes of that and then it closed right back up you know it's like you know I think my heart would have liked that to go on for hours you know long enough how old were you um I was 21 uh, it was, I mean, I needed more, I needed more mourning, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I was from a point of, I was like, I was kind of shut down emotionally. So the fact that I actually could break open and, and have that amount at that point in my life where I was so like emotionally kind of numb yeah. as many men in our culture are, <laughs> I would say, um, I was, I'm grateful that I could mourn some, you know, in the moment, right. it helps in the moment. Because it kind of takes longer afterwards, you know, years later, when you have to go back, like, I really do need to deal with this, you know. So, I'm sorry. It's, it's I know. Life. It's Thank, you. Last, <laughs> Thank, sorry. You. Thank you. So I'm going to turn the tables on you. Okay, sure. <laughs> what brings you joy? Oh. You have to get me down somehow. You know, those times in life where, um, I don't even know what sparks it, but times in life where I just sit there and I just feel this profound gratitude for life, for existence. I mean, I remember one time, I'll never forget this moment. It was like two years ago and I was just driving in the car and I looked in the rearview mirror and I saw the sunset and I had this overwhelming peace and joy and gratitude, (laughs) you know, and it's those moments. I never know when they'll hit. It's, but it's about being open to them, you know? Um, so coming out in places like this uh, helps. And connecting with people, um, that that brings me joy. 
I would say that my my favorite emotion is gratitude. Just like mm-hmm. to, with times when I could just be grateful uh, for everything. I'm grateful to have <laughs> met you. <laughs> Thank Not, you. Yeah, it, it's just so wonderful that that you. Like you were saying, just meeting people in the random course of, of events. It's, there's so many interesting and, and um, people who, who spark your, uh, your appreciation for the world around us. I mean, you, you're a gift. It's great. Thank you. As are you. It takes one to know one. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, is there anything else you want to share on this? No, I, you didn't let me ask. Oh, okay, okay awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so life experience that, how did you phrase it? Oh, uh, difficult, difficult. Life, difficult. Difficult life experience. Um, yeah, because sometimes we don't talk about difficult stuff, you know. Um, I mean, you shared one loss with me. But... Yeah. I don't know. Um, at that point, like that, that loss was was very difficult. Um, there's a lot, and like things tend to compound on other things. But I'll go to I'll go straight to the heart of my vulnerability and like when it started, <laughs> like um, just the first the thing that comes up is I just remember being six years old so scared, so afraid, and then, and crying all the time, and I decided at six years old that I would never cry again, and from that point on, I just gradually became very good at being numb, I turned it all, and you can't, I can't selectively numb, if I decide to numb my tears, I numb my joy, I numb my happiness, like it all just goes numb, so I would say that instigated um, the most difficult things in my life, which was just being numb for the next, you know, 20 years of my life. Um, and so, yeah, just to be, to be in that place, um, for whatever reasons in my little boy psyche, why I felt like I needed to stop crying, why I needed to stop being, being vulnerable, why I felt like I wasn't safe. Um, I think one of the most difficult things. <laughs> wow. Oh, and the decision to try and, I mean, it sounds like you've been working on trying to open it up. Open it up. <laughs> yeah. That is huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. There's, there's so much to be gained. Like we're taught at such a young age to be, to protect ourselves emotionally. And there's so much to be gained from vulnerability. There's, I mean, there's a lot to be lost too, but don't get me wrong. There's heartache and everything like that, but there's so much more, yeah. so much more when you're, when you're open to the experience. And yeah. yeah. It's about just like choosing to stay open and I still close mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's a battle, but it's learning to stay open. So I can be open to like the connection with you, the connection with this. I mean, we're on the top of half dome. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for being for like letting me interview <laughs> on this this community. It's the community around him podcast. That's great. <laughs> Making a go of it. So thank you. All right. So much. Thank you.
That concludes this episode of the People Around Town Community Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've been inspired in any way or had thoughts to contribute, please go to iTunes, love it, leave a review, or go to peoplearoundtown.com and leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. Have an awesome day.